Hello, welcome to the Digital Controller CFO Study Peer Review and Roundtable Discussion, brought to you by Controllers Council. My name is Lindy Antonelli, Board Chair of the Controllers Council and partner with Armanino in our cloud technology consulting practice. Before I introduce our panelists, let's take a quick look at the agenda. We've got our panelists' introductions. Then I will introduce you to our study sponsor. And then we will get right to the results and the questions for our panelists, along with Q&A from questions from you, our audience. Before we get started, I have a few housekeeping items. Attendees, please submit any questions via the GoToWebinar control panel. We'll get to as many as we possibly can in the hour. We will have an audience polling question, so participate in the poll when we get to that point. Now, to answer a frequent question, you will receive a link to this webcast via email in the next 24 hours. So no need to take copious notes. Sit back, relax, and uh, participate. Now, on to the, our panelists. We've got Omar Kocher, CFO at Trintech, the leading financial accounting closed solution. Ted Weitzel, a CFO and former controller of mega technology brands, including G2, Steelbrick, Big Machines, and more. And James, also known as JJ Walker, corporate controller at Trintech. Thanks guys for joining today. And now about our sponsor. The Digital Controller and CFO Study and this webcast are sponsored by Trintech, the leading financial close management solution. We've got some additional details about Trintech here. They've got over 3,500 clients worldwide, including the majority of the Fortune 100. Uh, that's pretty impressive. They specialize in financial close, including high volume transactions, reconciliations, intercompany journal entries, and other financial management closed tasks that the controller and CFO would find of most value and benefit. Programming like we're uh, broadcasting today would not be possible without our sponsors. So thank you, Trintech. Now, a warm welcome to our panelists. Omar, Ted, and JJ. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Omar? Sure, happy to go, happy to go. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. We're, we're really happy to uh, visit with everybody as, uh, as CFO of uh, Trintech, being the CFO of a company that actually sells to the office of the CFO and the controllers group is, is a real joy. And uh, we're very excited to, uh, to get up and, and do this every day. We're excited about the digital transformation that's coming on upon us and happy to be here. Great, thanks. Ted? Hi, my name is Ted Weitzel, and I'm really excited to be here to uh, help the community uh, figure out how they can better do their jobs. Uh, I've had an interesting experience, especially with uh, SaaS tech companies, uh, as Director of Accounting, Global Accounting for Big Machines, which sold to Oracle, uh, Controller and Head of Finance for Steelbrick, which sold to Salesforce. Uh, most recently, uh, Senior Vice President and Head of Finance for G2, which uh, just got a $1 billion evaluation. And now I am helping smaller companies, which is my passion, uh, really figure out their finance and CFO tech stack function, right? Uh, 
been uh, very excited to be helping four companies currently uh, kind of make their journey into the into finance. Hey everybody, I'm AJ Walker. Um, mm -hmm. I started my career way back in 94 with KPMG, audited a lot of technology companies, made my way through the PCOB and spent the last 13 years of my career at uh, uh, a hospital ASC company, then had the opportunity to come back kind of the technology world and been here about 10 months and really, really liking being back in technology and SaaS companies. So look forward to the discussion today. Great. Well, thanks, guys. This will be fun and informative for our audience, I'm sure. Now, on to the study. So corporate controllers and CFOs are taking on more responsibilities for technology, including automating back office systems, managing spend, implementing finance automation systems, including AI and machine learning, and participating or leading digital transformation initiatives. The objective of the study was to identify how controllers, CFOs, and their accounting and finance departments are changing and adapting to the digital revolution. A national survey was conducted from July to September this year with nearly 300 respondents participating across North America. The Controllers Council is proud to take a look at the survey results now. Okay, so we asked a few questions in the survey. How is your role in corporate technology changing this year and next? Well, not surprising that 73% are increasing their role in corporate technology. 26% of status quo and only 1% decreasing. Ted, a majority of controllers and CFOs see their role in technology is increasing. What is your perspective on this? Yeah, I'm not surprised at all, uh, especially my time at G2. The amount of technology that I was overseeing, including the entire IT function, as well as security and legal, uh, you'll see that a lot of this back office, all operations is being more pivoted towards finance and the CFO function than in the past. Um, and, you know, especially in my time now as a contract CFO, contract controller, the expectation is that I am coming with my own finance tech stack. And sometimes that tech stack goes beyond finance even. It's what are we going to do about collaboration? What are we going to do about uh, cloud, our cloud infrastructure? Uh, and I don't want to say that it, it is shocking, but it is interesting to see how much the finance community is being leaned on for some of these traditional IT what some would see as an IT function in the past. Um, so, you know, some of the things that I would recommend that people be ready to be ready uh, for is one, what is your tech stack? Do you have a recommended tech stack? Number two, uh, be able to defend that tech stack. There are a lot of technologies that are coming up every day into the environment and G2, is a wonderful place to go and find new software technologies. But uh, you're seeing that there are salespeople making their way into your organization, trying to say, hey, you know, do you enjoy your expense platform? And they may have nothing other to do with the expense platform other than, hey, they submit expenses, right? And all of a sudden, the 
the finance folks are, are fielding questions of why do we use this expense platform versus this other expense platform. So be ready to defend and also be out there, be looking at opportunities to decrease cost and improve your user experience. Uh, so, you know, not surprising at all, uh, the CFO, the uh, role is going to increase uh, in, in their technology back end and um you know last thing is be super flexible uh do not get defensive of your tech stack uh be there and be ready to field the questions and investigate what's best for your company because it's not like in the old days when you would put in a system and you couldn't replace it today it's much easier to evaluate new systems and potentially put in you know, best of breed pretty quickly uh, with uh, with lower costs sometimes as well. Yeah, that's all true. Uh, we're right in the middle of the, the digital revolution here, guys. Yeah. Okay, next question. Uh, question two here, what corporate technologies are you responsible for? Well, Ted, I mean, you already laid out a plethora of them that you're seeing controllers and CFOs um, being responsible for outside of their strict finance area. Uh, you know, I think um, we did highlight a few here that, you know, we called out accounting finance systems. And of course, that's sort of a given. And that was 90%. Um, 60% was budgeting, you know, and then you get lower, you know, but you still have active IT and, um, you know, supervising or participating or supporting IT functions. So, I mean, that really dovetails with what you just said. Um, that, you know, we're seeing this accounting and finance function move more into the IT um, world. So uh, I think you're spot on there. Yeah, definitely, Lindy. And um, with the expansion of GDPR and privacy, mm -hmm. um, there's really looking for a second checkpoint for security IT infrastructure, and oftentimes our engineering and development teams are too focused on what are we going to deliver to the customer, and it's falling on to the CFO's uh, chair under their purview to uh, kind of catch these new, interesting, extremely uh, high liability issues that are coming into the company, but there isn't a great catch-all for them currently. And I, I found that in a lot of my last roles that we have to not only necessarily participate in IT, but also supervise as well. And uh, having that coordination between legal finance and IT, especially internal IT, is absolutely crucial in your role in the organization and to uh, making sure that your company is in as small has as small of a liability footprint as possible. Yeah, that's so yeah. true. Okay, uh, let's move on to the next question. So, what accounting, finance systems, or software has your org implemented? So, of course you know, 92% of finance departments and teams have implemented an accounting bookkeeping system at some level. Uh, 59 with AP or expense automation, 48% AR and billing, and, you know, then going on down the line. I mean, FP&A, BI, tax, audit compliance, they're all coming in 
um, lower. Um, moving on to JJ, what are your thoughts about some of the smaller percentages related to FP&A, BI, and audit compliance? Um, what, what's Trintech doing, and you know, are you guys seeing um, action in these areas? I'm actually a little surprised that only about a third of the respondents said they're using financial planning and analysis tools, and even less using some of the other software. You know, given the last 18 months we've all been through, the need for financial planning and analysis and information's kind of increased from a monthly cadence to weekly or even daily in some regards. Yes. Um, fortunately, here at Trintech, we we have an internal uh, or a financial close solution we use. Uh, we were using that before the pandemic, and you know, our solution helps accelerate the close and helps reduce the number of errors that occur. And since we're all human, every, everyone makes mistakes, but we're able to find you know, errors kind of quickly and efficiently to keep the close moving on. And these, these FP&A tools and these financial close solution tools, you know, obviously they connect electronically with your ERP system and mm -hmm. helps the data get to the accountants and the analysts quicker. And if you're using a financial close automation solution, helps helps you can feel more uh, comfortable the numbers are accurate and allows you know things to, like exceptions and better business data to be analyzed quicker versus having to worry about the validity of the data and in addition the way our solutions are built we have a control environment you know accounts are always worried about internal controls which we should be and the way our solutions are designed we have a kind of a control environment which also helps speed up you know working with your auditors because a lot of the information the auditors are going to be asking about is all in in one solution so for some of these folks that haven't uh, looked at some of these solutions, I definitely highly recommend it. There's a lot of uh, easy wins to be had. Yeah, that's so true. Thanks for your input there. Let's go to the next slide. Now this week, we found out what they were, had already implemented this slide. This question was, what are you planning or evaluating to implement? So we see that FP&A you know, leads the pack uh, followed by accounting and bookkeeping. Well, that makes sense because most have already implemented that. And then uh, we've got some other little bit higher numbers than we did on the previous slide. So, um, you know, these systems sounds like they're getting more favorable um, looks at them. And, um, you know, just like you said, JJ, before, I mean, what's driving the interest in FP&A? Well, the pandemic should be. I mean, that's true. You know, we've, we're seeing more interest in FP&A and BI and analytics. Um, any other comments there, JJ? Or, or no, I think that's exactly right. Like like we just said, you know, uh, you know, FP&A tools. We use uh, Planful here at Trintech, and the way that Planful works with our closed solution. You know, we were able to kind of make it through the past 18 months and get our executives, you know, the information they needed in a timely manner. We've also recently entered into a partnership with Planful to help provide these same types of solutions to some of our other customers. And, and I, I just think that, you know, teams that haven't automated what needs to be automated and kind of streamline what can be streamlined are, you know, really going to be a disadvantage just as we've kind of went into this hybrid remote work world and, you know, the lingering pandemic. So it's it's important to kind of look at these products and, you know, make a decision to move forward on. So. Yeah, totally. Spot on. Let's move to the next question. This, I, I love this slide, so I'm gonna go back to Ted on this one. What corporate systems or non-accounting finance uh, software has your org implemented or have you really You've been at several you know, orgs start up to, to high growth? So um, I'm gonna turn it back over to you because you've kind of started this conversation and, and um, add a little bit more color about um, some of these results. 
And I think um, the number one that I've seen is, hey, what is everyone going to use for email, filing, yada, yada. And uh, in the organizations that I've been involved with, it's G Suite, right? They've just yeah. revolutionized how easy it is to put out a full-on solution of one documents, Excel, or an Excel replacement, and as well as email. Uh, but the other things that I'm really seeing is a lot of GDPR-related items. Uh, how are you tracking uh, any sort of data requests? How are you tracking any sort of your entire stack of uh, technologies that you're using internally in your dev org, right? Um, that's the most part of what I've been seeing is one, all of a sudden finance is very involved, especially when they're when we're in an organization that isn't large enough to have its own IT team to uh, provide just the basic functionality of the organization, whether it's email and, and, and Microsoft. Uh, and then two, what are some of these interesting things as far as privacy, data compliance coming up uh, that nobody really knows how to deal with? Right. What I thought also interesting on the slide is that it seems like collaboration and project management software should be higher on this list with this remote and hybrid workforce. What do you think there? Yeah, that's a really good example. And I think that uh, especially with collaboration, you're seeing both tools from, from G Suite and Microsoft becoming so much more uh, feature rich when it comes to collaboration. If you think about uh, Sheets in Google, being able to tag people, being able to share, being able to do all of your uh, security preferences, being able to uh, comment and collaborate to give people certain types of access and other people different types of access. Uh, mm -hmm. That collaboration is now becoming so ingrained in the lower level tools that we've been using, uh, whether it's your uh, spreadsheet tool or your document, your, your word processing tool, uh, whatever it is, that now this kind of collaboration, except for Slack, which obviously every, almost everybody uses a Slack or a Teams or something like that, uh, it's almost a given these days that yeah. not only uh, are you going to have the tools that you need to text and have chats with folks, but you're also going to have those tools within the tools that you are using every day. Uh, one thing that I found a little bit interesting was the e-commerce side of things, that that hasn't blown up a little bit more, especially considering our shift of buying, sorry, our shift of uh, buying uh, going from in-person or going into a store or a brick and mortar to being almost completely online uh, during the pandemic. So that one was a little bit surprising. Yeah. Good insights. Okay, let's go to the next question here. So I'm going to turn it over to Omar now and, um, you know, let's flip-flop this and say what, you know, non-accounting and finance, um, you know, has your org planned or evaluated um, that you haven't yet implemented? So the question was that, and it looks like we have a tie, pretty much a virtual tie between cybersecurity cloud and then CRM with uh, project management and data storage um, close behind. 
So Omar, how do these responses align with your experience at Trintac? I, I think they, they mesh pretty well. I think what we've seen over the last 18 months is this, uh, this forging of the Office of the CFO and the Office of the CIO. And I think CFOs are, are, are more focused now on a broader scope in terms of whether it's the data models, whether it's other systems that are running through, whether it's uh, commission plans, commission automation systems, et cetera. And so I think just the, the fact that the last 18 months have been so crazy for most companies that a lot of people have looked to the CFO to help and look at those. And I, I've never seen a time where the CFO and the CIO are more in tune together. And uh, you know, speaking on behalf of controllers and CFOs on this web, on this webcast, uh, most of us are Type A, and, and and really really focus on getting getting things done. So this really speaks to the tech stack, and there's no shortage of folks that are trying to reach us, whether controllers or CFOs. And so uh, it's I'd say it's never been a better time to be in our roles because there's a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of improvement ahead of us. Yeah, good insights there. So now we're gonna shift a little bit down to the next question. Um, AI is artificial intelligence, ML is machine learning, RPA is robotic process automation, and then IoT is the internet of things. So um, Omar, let's uh, stick with you here and you know, talk about this. And you know, I think out of the study, I mean, this is interesting because I think these types of tools have the most potential to help people to really automate and take away the mundane tasks, especially in the accounting and finance department. I mean, to if we're going to automate and use these technologies, you know, to um, to empower our people to add value to the company, you know, and not do the same steps, you know, all day long, every day, every week, every month. Um, I think it's really interesting. So, um, you know. Being, you know, you're at Trintech, you guys are in the automation of financial management closed solutions. Um, what do you think, Omar, is the most compelling reason for accounting and finance automation? Well, I think there's there's several items that have a confluence on this topic. So the first thing I would say is it's speed and accuracy. And if there's one thing that controllers and CFOs need to really focus on is having accurate financial information and as and, and speed is important. And mm -hmm. the reason why I focus on speed is the last 18 months, as JJ mentioned, you know, if you go back 12 to 14 months ago, everybody was in a different mode of operation, whether it was liquidity, whether it was customer issues, whether it was uh, bank, bank compliance, all these items were hitting the office of the CFO and the controller. And I'm sure all of you can remember back 12 months ago. So we're happy that we've put 12 months in between us. But that just shined a spotlight on speed and accuracy. And what happens is if companies have not automated those mundane tasks, then mm -hmm. you are behind. And if you're behind, you can't have speed and the accuracy part comes right behind it. So what we've seen in our business and what we've seen with our customers is you know, streamline inefficient manual processes, and there's tools and processes in place to help companies do that. And that's, in our mind, that's really, really important. The second piece that comes on top of that is the fact that everybody went to a hybrid work environment. So that created more stress, okay, on the office of the CFO and the controller. And then the third thing that's happening is the talent war. 
And the fact that it's so difficult to retain your top yeah. talent that you really have to have controls and processes and flow charts because when those key talent members leave, you have to have software and you have to have processes in place to ensure you don't have a hiccup and a gap when you're out searching for that next person. So there's there's a lot to unpack, but I think those are really the things that we're focused on with our customers. Yeah, those are great insights. You know, so Omar, you said, you know, if if you're not doing this today, then you're a laggard. Well, you know, why do you think that there are so many organizations out there lagging in this adoption of automation? It's a really good question, and we uh, we we try to be practical about the answer to that question. I think I think some of it is it can be overwhelming, and I think there are certain controllers and CFOs that are more more tech savvy than others. And I'm afraid the ones that are less tech savvy, that they're just very concerned about a making a mistake, uh, this being a you know a problem inside the business. And I think what's happened over the last 18 months has shown that there's really no choice. Companies have to automate. It's it's not a time of if, it's a time of when. And and the when part is really what we're focused on because there's there's so many reports that we've seen from Deloitte and. PwC and all these different folks that have been talking about digital transformation. And yes. I think the reason, the number one reason is, it's just, they're just overwhelmed at the beginning. And let's not sugarcoat, it, it is work, right? But for the amount of work that you put in, the benefits and the ROI are immediate yeah. and forever, it's an evergreen. And that's, that's just the way that we look at it. And, you know, the period in close is never going to end. But there's a lot that we can do. There's a lot that we can do to make it a lot more efficient, cleaner, faster, more accurate, and have happier, you know, employees in the controller and CFO shop because they're doing other more important items and tasks. Yep, I could not agree with you more. So good commentary here. Uh, let's go to our uh, last question, I believe, uh, before the polling. Um, what is your role in digital transformation? That was a question we asked. So it's more, this is a broader topic, obviously, but a huge majority said um, they are participating uh, in the accounting and finance aspects of digital transformation. So that's good. But another said we are supervising in that area. So uh, that's almost 60%. Um, a substantial amount are saying they're participating in corporate digital transformation. So um, uh, overall, and finally, 19% are supervising just the digital transformation. So, you know, these are very, you're very familiar with these, Omar, over at Trintech. Um, what are your thoughts on these responses? Does this surprise you? Is this what you would have thought? Um, what are you thinking here? Well, a, a couple of a couple of items in that <clears throat> I think what we've seen is that somebody has to take charge, and I guess at the end of the day, again, type A personalities, it's it's time to take charge, and I think our peer group, whether it's the CIO, the CTO, chief revenue officer, they welcome that. They, they I think they want the CFO and the controller to be tech savvy, and they want them to come with them to solution with solutions. I think in our business, we've, we've actually uh, engaged with 
you know, three really high-end strategic partners to expand the breadth of what we do. Number one is we uh, we entered into a strategic arrangement with ServiceNow, which is a platform of platforms yeah. on the workflow side. And, mm -hmm. and that is a, a real, real important strategic move in terms of weaving together, you know, the recorded report and the financial close in into the ServiceNow workflow streams, whether it's on GRC, IT, et cetera. And that's really important. We also executed a, an a, a agreement with Microsoft to have an embedded recorded report inside Dynamics. And that is a really, that's a really big, uh, you know, strategic move for our mid-market business. And then JJ earlier mentioned our agreement with Planful. So what we're looking at is we have, we have got to be the, the we, CFOs and controllers have to be the focus of this change. And it's right within everybody's grasp. And, you know, I can understand people could maybe be overwhelmed, but there's a lot of really strong, you know, uh, help that's out there that, that can help. But it has to just expand beyond just the finance and accounting because it needs to work for the whole company. And I think that's really what we're very extremely focused on. And, you know, we're very excited about the future opportunities, just not for us, but for our customers and our clients. Sure. Yeah, those strategic partnerships sound really uh really interesting and, and valuable to the clients. <clears throat> so I see some questions coming in on my other screen from the our attendees. Uh, we also have a polling question, but I wanted to just um, ask our panelists here uh, just a couple more things here. So uh, first of all, on the title, Digital Controller and CFO, you know, do you think this title is accurate today? But, you know, a few years ago, would it have been maybe too space age? Were we talking about digital transformation several years ago? Or uh, Ted, let's start with you. Where do you think this, you know, this title fits in, you know, with the mentality um, of CFOs and controllers? No, I think the title is apt, very apt. Um, you're, you know, the number one skill that I think that CFOs, controllers, accountants are going to have to come up with is how do they enable tech? How do they implement tech? How do they improve their use of technology in their roles? And, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing what tools are out there and what companies are beginning to provide people in our seats with and how we can do a whole lot more with a whole lot less resources. That's so true. JJ, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, this this question kind of made me smile. I thought back maybe a little bit further than a few years ago, but just as I was entering the workforce, <laughs> uh, digital meant you were using you know ten column work papers and a digital calculator, and then um, then digital meant you're using Excel. And then now, you know, I kind of jotted down some items now, you know, worldwide ERP systems, FP&A tools, financial close tools, tax software, all the things on your, your, your survey, you know, all those are interconnected. Um, business intelligence, bots, AI, and, you know, even the government got involved with XBRL requirements. And so it's been you know, quite the change. So it's very, very much on point today. Yeah, I love your uh, chronological timeline. I think that's good. Um, Omar, any thoughts on that, uh, on our title? Yes, it's it's a really interesting comment. I think I would say uh, that as as managers of the business, we have to we have to offer better training. Like we have to, we have to just make sure that we don't have some of our employees get left behind. And the more we can train and educate and get our folks, you know, up the food chain on the technology side is important. But I think as we start looking at recruiting new talent, 
that's that's critical. Like you know, the new talent has to be tech savvy, and if they're not, it's it's going to be really hard for them to come into a company and be productive and be successful in a very short period of time, whether it's two months, three months, six months. That's true. I know at Armenino, we're um, we've uh, increased our promotion to manager uh, by a 25% increase, meaning shorter time that they're spending because they come in, they're coming in more tech savvy, they're better rounded out of college and um, they're embracing technology. So that's kind of on our audit and tax side, but um, you know, one example uh, that's personal to me for our firm. Um, now, speaking of skills and talent that Omar brought up, um, Ted, you know, what are new skills that you see, you know, controllers and CFOs need to excel? Well, I think um, number one, you have to be used to implementing technology, uh, very used to or familiar with having experience with professional services. Um, but that kind of gets back to knowing your business inside and out, right? Because yes. when you're coming in and you're implementing these new technologies, if you don't know the business, the business that they're going to really apply to, you have a really high opportunity to mess it up, right? So I think, I don't know if it's a new skill. I think it's, um, it's, it's a way to apply a very old school skill to a new opportunity, which is using technology in the way that you run your business. Um, but there is no covering it up if you mess it up in implementation. Yep, that's so true. JJ, being closer to the um, out of college uh, days here as, as our youngest panelist here, um, any thoughts on skills that you've acquired or that you see that uh, your role as controller, you know, needs to excel? Yeah, yeah one thing I thought about was adaptability. Um, again, it's probably not a new skill, but it's something that's kind of been brought to the forefront to, to everybody, you know, with the pandemic. And, um, you know, as, a, as Omar mentioned, accountants were easily fairly conservative and slow to change. And I could never have imagined, you know, all accountants working from home for probably 18 months or more. It just never would have happened. And when I think about adaptive, I think about, um, you know, adapting to how we're going to train some of our folks. Um, you know, the past 18 months, I remember back in my public accounting days and my early days in industry, you know, listening to the partner and manager talk about this, you know, points and same thing with the controller and CFO, you kind of learned a lot of that just listening to those meetings. And unfortunately, you know, those haven't happened because people have been working remote. There may have been a Zoom call they were involved in, but not just the hallway conversations. So that's something right. I think we just need to think about, you know, how are we going to adapt, especially with a hybrid work environment to train our younger folks to, you know, mentor them into more senior positions in the company. So. Yeah, it's, it's a challenge for all of us, for sure, moving forward here. I see more questions are coming in on my other screen here from the audience. That's great. Um, I had one more conversation point. Then we're going to do our poll. Then we'll get to the audience questions. So uh, I always like to, to, you know, a lot of our attendees have participated in more than one of our um, webcasts. But I like to kind of end our official panelist talk here with the future. So, you know, what will the office of the controller and the CFO look like in, you know, five years and 10 years? So, um, JJ, why don't you um, let us know your thoughts there? 
Yeah, I think there's just going to be more, you know, artificial intelligence and automation. We, we, we have to go there. I mean, there's just so much more data that's available to us, um, you know, doing doing things manually, even if you're using Excel, that just that's just not going to work. And I just feel like that, um, you know, software in the future is going to do the easy stuff. And, you know, fortunately, I won't put mm -hmm. us out of a job. We still need people that think, but that's just the more interesting stuff. Like you were saying a while ago, the day to day, the clothes will never go away, but the day to day stuff gets gets a little boring. And if we can automate that more let people think and use their minds. I think that'll just be a better environment for all of us. So. I agree. Ted, any predictions on five years, 10 years out, what your your role looks like? Yeah, you know, I think it's gonna be do more with the same or do more with less. Um, you know, there are two things that people are looking for right now. It's how do you increase your gross margin? Uh, and that is, especially in SaaS, really driven by your data infrastructure and your success costs. I think that there's a lot of opportunity with the commoditization of uh, data infrastructure right now to reduce costs uh, up there. And as far as success goes, there's so much opportunity for self-help uh, these days. And I think that the finance function can really help improve uh, margins. And then when you get back to GNA as, as a function, you know, people are going to want to see the GNA line item go down in your functional income statement. Uh, and the only way to do that is going to be through adopting technology. Uh, yeah. Because I think today people are already very stretched thin in the GNA function. So how do we make sure that they're using their amazingly gigantic noggins uh, on business problems rather than ticking and tying on spreadsheets? Yeah, that's a great prediction, and it's uh, probably going to be a reality here pretty soon. Omar, do you have a crystal ball that you can share your insights? Yeah, it's yes, I have a crystal ball. It's in my office, but no, <laughs> I, would say, I would say a couple things. So, you know, we we've always looked at uh, mining, you know, talent out of the you know the big four, and I think that'll still be important. And mm -hmm. you know, people that have a CPA license that have been through the big four because. You know, in our view, you really you have to be mentally tough and you have to be mentally tough to get through to work in finance and in the controller shop. So that's always a good proving ground. But I think the other point is that we just need to we need to have people that are very curious. Right. And they need to be able to really ask questions and they have to be able. To, I used to always term play 20 questions. Sometimes I don't get past five, but you have to have this curious mind about what's happening in the business and why. Why, why are these customers you know, behaving this way and why is you know, cloud cost this way? You just have to be curious. And a lot of that comes from you know, working in you know, a public accounting firm for a year to four to five years. But I think that's really important and just have the right, just have the right uh, personality and have the right, you know, the, the, uh, the desire to learn and to ask a lot of questions. It's, it's critical. Yep, that's a great insight for the future, I agree. So we're going to get to the audience questions in a minute, but the polling question that I promised is coming up here. So the question is, what is holding you back from implementing a financial close solution? That was one of the earlier questions. So we'll take a break here and let you, our audience, answer. We'll see the results in a few seconds.
Okay. Should have the results here. There we go. So 42% were focusing on other system implementations at this time. So, um, so that doesn't mean a no, that just means, well, we're busy doing other things. Um, tied then are, we are implementing one today or this year, or we already have one. So that's you know roughly 40%, 38% of our audience already has one, but 42% um, are ripe for getting one. Um, you know, a few said lack of, of commitment, um, and then I didn't know a solution existed. Well, you heard about Trintech today, so you know that they do now. So um, for whoever answered those, that answer there. So, and the polling question is over. So um, I've got a bunch of questions already coming in. Um, you go to your um, uh, go to webinar control panel, and then you'll see something that says uh, questions, and you can type in any questions that you'd like. I've got a bunch now, so let me just take a look here. Okay, first question. Let me uh, let me read it off of here. How are controllers and CFOs' roles in technology different for small and medium versus enterprise organizations, and how are there differences by industry? Um, Ted, I guess I'll start with you because you work with a lot of startups. You've been in startups, but you've been with big companies too. So maybe you could give us your perspective on you know, the, uh, the the small versus the enterprise? Oh, well, that is a uh, really good question, Lindy, to start off with, and kind of hard to answer. But um, with my small companies, it is, no, you are the, you are the team, you are the tech team, you are there, you're, you're not going to have any IT support, you're going to have to, <laughs> figure out what it is that you want to implement. You're going to have to figure out how to implement it, and you're going to have to figure out how to roll it out to the broader team. Um, and then as you go up the chain from small to medium, you start to have, oh, maybe I do have uh, some folks in IT that can help me out a little bit as far as uh, rolling this out and taking care of security and maybe helping me with integrations internally. Then as you get into kind of the more enterprise 500,000 plus, uh, you're not necessarily hands-on doing this stuff. You're an executive sponsor and uh, figuring out what is best for the company and then making sure that everybody else gets it done for you. Uh, so it really runs the gamut and I've played every single role in that gamut and it's uh it, it's all fun <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that's interesting they are varied um omar uh you know you guys are a larger company but you also sell into most of the fortune 100 so your customers and clients are enterprise so um any other insights there on um, well I Sure, I think just real quickly, I would say on the large enterprise, what, what's really important is, you know, peer group and how your performance behaves with your peer group or with, within your industry. So it's kind of a cross between both questions. 
you know, okay. if you're in the airline business or if you're in the uh, manufacturing or oil and gas, there's so many public companies that you can start chart, you know, benchmarking your performance. So as you become, you know, this large enterprise business, things get just a little more complicated. You have, you know, functional currency, you've got different global businesses, you might have multiple ERPs. So it's just a different, it's a different, it's a different like skill set, if you will. And uh, just in terms of performance, it's really how are you performing versus your your peer group because there's so many different KPIs that you can uh, you know you can benchmark versus. Yep, that's a good insight. Okay, another question over here on my other screen. Um, I'm going to give this one to JJ. Um, how can a financial close automation software free up human capital? Just kind of like we've been talking about, um, you know, it kind of reduces the number of errors that that are that can be made, and and you just don't have you don't have to have as many people kind of looking for things like that. It, it streamlines the process. Um, another thing that we use a lot here at Trentech is we have an analytics tool that's built into our software, so we can kind of see where uh, in real time where the bottlenecks are on the close process. So we can just mm -hmm. kind of keep keep an analysis of that going and see if we can you know ship things around or maybe make things work a little bit more efficiently. Cool. Can I chime in on that yeah, one too, please. JJ? Uh, so I haven't used Trintech in the past, but I've used a few of the other solutions out there. And I think the number one uh, benefit is time to close and the amount of resources that you free up by having a shorter close, a shorter, more accurate close. Uh, you think about potentially having a team of four to five people who are getting a day or two back in their month. What does that do to the ability of your finance team to really affect change in your organization? Um, that's, you know, quicker that's questions on commissions. That's quicker, uh, quicker board responses. It's quicker delivery of metrics to the rest of the team. It's the ability for uh, your team to really enable the rest of the organization to move on and take the rest of the month then to figure out how to solve the problems that maybe you've you've uh, brought to the surface. So uh, yeah, closed software is amazing. And I yeah. think it, 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 it. All I was going to add is just the other thing, just real simple, so people can you know really see it. It would just be like matching. So if you have a front end you know, e-commerce engine that's processing, you know, 500,000 orders or whatever, a month or a day, the ability to automate it, to automate that matching process to where you can match 95% of those automatically. So then you only have a person that has to go match the other five manually, as opposed to matching 100%. You just, just the math is, is pretty overwhelming. And so, you know, people can see benefit to that immediately. Like you don't have to think in Technicolor to figure that out. It's right there in front of you in terms of being able to match, you know, that many, that volume of, uh, of transactions automated in the cloud, you know, secured, et cetera. And then those, those fold directly, you know, via journal entry into your, uh, into your ERP system. So. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Great. I've got another question here. Oh, I like this one. Uh, so, you know, we've talked about the talent shortage, and I think we all commented on that. People are spread thin. 
um, you know, how will or will finance automation help address the talent shortage of CPAs, technical accountants, and related roles? Anybody? Well, I, I think the, the the one the one item we've talked about internally is that you know so many of the millennials, you know, maybe you know folks 25 to 35 years old, they uh, they're very familiar with this device, right? And they they run their lives on this device. And to the extent that we can move a lot of the accounting functions to, you know, to automated tools that you can either run on your computer, or on your phone, that's what people are looking for. The point is people want to work for a company that is tech savvy, that, you know, has made investments in technology that they can feel good about. Okay, I'm not going to be sitting doing a mundane job. This company has taken the time, the investment, and they've upgraded their game in terms of, uh, you know, how they operate. And we mm -hmm. think that's why people would gravitate to work at companies that have made that investment as opposed to companies that haven't. And I think the technology investment can also, to Ted's point well ago about shortening the close process, just leads to a better work-life balance for our accounts as well. We're not just staying here late at night all the time. You know, maybe a year end occasionally, but um, not during the months or quarters. And, and people really enjoy that these days. And, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, JJ uh, and Omar. Um, you know, I just think about when I was getting my CPA uh, out of school and you know, shoot, I was working 60 hours a week and then trying to study for my CPA as well. So anything that kind of can reduce the workload and then give us the time to study, give people the opportunity to really reach that level of achievement, it is amazing. And, um, you know, if you can say to a prospective employee that, hey, not only are you going to get the experience required, but we're going to be able to give you the opportunity to achieve your CPA and we're going to support you through that process through automation and then you're going to have a really solid job coming out of it. Um, that's that's a good sell. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yep. That is a good sell. Well, fantastic. Um, I know we're just about getting to the top of the hour. I have a couple more things to um, announce here, but do you have um, Anybody with some closing thoughts here from our panelists? Uh, embrace technology or you'll be left behind. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, go ahead, JJ. No, I was going to say a second, a second Ted's thought there for sure. Yeah. And the only thing I would say is that, uh, that there's lots of opportunity. And uh, I think once the mindset is, you made the decision to do it. It's not like you have to move quickly, you know, move methodically, do your homework, do your diligence. But once you've made that decision in your mind, I'm going to do this, then, you know, pick a timetable, pick a project plan and execute. And uh, don't let don't let any obstacles get in your way because you've already made that decision and, and you know that's the right decision. True. Well, really good thoughts here today. Um, wanted to thank all of our um, panelists here, Omar, Ted, and JJ for the great insights. Really appreciate it. And really thanks to Trintec, our sponsor, the leader in financial close management solutions. We couldn't have um, offered this great programming without you, so we appreciate that. And last but definitely not least, thank you to all of our attendees and great success to you in 2021 and beyond. Have a great day.
Thank you. Excellent. See you guys. Okay.